Well, hello and welcome to this live English lesson where you get to ask a question and I try to answer it. Please be aware that if you want to ask a question, there will be a link shared by either Todd or Dave. Yes, Todd and Dave, the original moderators are back together to moderate this live stream for us. Um as well, Nightbot will share the link occasionally but what you shouldn't do, please don't ask the question in the chat. If you ask questions in the chat, I can't read them fast enough and it just gets very disorganized. What you should use the chat for is to have really good conversations with other English learners in English. Before we get started, I should say hi, of course, to Todd and Dave. Good to see both of you. Hi to Mode Eggs and Lolly Lolly. I know Judith is here and Ario is here. Daniel is here. Julia Olise, always a person who asks great questions, especially in the comments on my other channel. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher is here, of course, and many, many more people. Wanda is here. Let me scroll back. Daniel, Eduardo. Hey, Eduardo, good to see you as well. Uh, Let me scroll back. Andre Padron is here. Always someone who asks a good question or two during the live streams as well. Mohammed and as I scroll back, just more and more names. But I think I've explained what this is. This is an English lesson where I try to answer about one question per minute (laughs) for the next hour or so and I think I'll just pop over to the question form and see if the first question is ready. Here we go. First question is from Tripto. I think Tripto had the first question yesterday too. I'm not 100% sure. Hello, dear Bob. What's the best way to build up vocabulary? How how good are dictionaries for this purpose? So, I'm gonna flip it around there. How good are dictionaries for this purpose? Thanks. So, a dictionary is a great tool when you don't know a word and you need to find out the meaning. Simply having a dictionary and trying to memorize vocabulary from it might not be the best way to do it. For me, I find the best way to learn vocabulary is to harvest vocabulary from what I'm reading or watching and I usually try to limit it to about 10 or 15 words per day Um, and of course, I don't do this for my English. I do this because I'm a French learner. Um so, if I watch the news, I write down a couple words. Um if I'm reading a book, I write down a few words um and that to me feels like the best way to do it to learn the vocabulary uh in the context of either a news article or a news story on TV or from something you are reading or a song or another source. But simply memorizing lists of vocabulary is not super effective unless you're a complete beginner. If you are a beginner, I usually recommend that you just memorize the 500 or 1000 most common words. Yaroslav. Hi, the wisest teacher, Bob. Thanks, Yaroslav, for the kind words. Hope you are doing extremely good. How to improve speaking from B2 to C1 level. Thanks. Take care. So, you need to practice your speaking. I know that sounds really basic but you need to figure out how to intentionally have English conversations um a lot during the week. If you're spending 30 minutes a week Um having English conversations with a tutor online, that might not be enough. If you're trying to get from B2 to C2, you might need to spend you know three hours a week having English conversations and I would say with three different people. I have my B2 uh certificate for speaking French. If I wanted to get to C1, I think I would need to spend at least three hours a week practicing English conversation with native speakers 
as well as all of my regular things. Watching the news, reading books, listening to music and doing some writing. Um it's tricky though. Um some people say the only way to get from B2 to C1 is to live in a country where that language is spoken and that has a lot of value as well. Um quick audio check here. And then just a bit of an explanation. I am not outside today. Normally, I am outside but I was worried today that we might have a freak storm. So, I pulled up the slide from yesterday's lesson on unexpected things. I was worried we might have a freak storm. I wasn't worried I would get an inheritance. Um right now though, it's actually sunny and quite nice outside. So, I probably could have been outside but You know, it's 31 degrees and there is a chance of a thunderstorm later today. In fact, I can read. Let me just quickly read the weather to you. A mix of sun and cloud, 40% chance of showers this afternoon with risk of a thunderstorm. High of 31, humid X31, wind gusting to 40 kilometers an hour at times. So, I think it's probably better if we just stay inside. Let me get to the next question. From Ayan, what is the reply? So, your word says replay but we wanna take the A out. What is the reply for best of luck? Uh, I would say thank you. If I was about to start my live lesson and if Jen said, hey, best of luck, I would say thanks um, or I would say thank you. A very simple, easy response. If someone wishes you well, you simply say thanks or thank you. Uh let's see here. Lucas says, hi, Bob. What is the difference between hone in and home in? Could you give some examples? So, I would use the word hone without in. I would say I'm trying to hone my skills. If you're learning to use, um let me see here. Let's say you're learning a sport. You've never played hockey before. You would like, you would try to hone your skills. You would try to get your skills to a very high level. When you hone your skills, you get them almost perfect. When you home in on something, it means you're looking for it and you're slowly getting closer, okay? So, let's say, um let me see. What's a good example? Let's say you were trying, um you were playing GeoGuessr which is a geography game and you were trying to find a certain country and if you got closer as you scrolled around, we would say you are getting, you are homing in on it. Let's see here. Uh next question from from Hi Bob. I don't think that's your name. One, the alien and I. Two, me and the alien. Is there any difference between these two sentences? Ted Ed says the second one is incorrect. So, here's the key. The first one is correct, okay? The alien and I went out for supper. So, maybe an alien came from space and said, hey, you wanna go for supper? And you would say, sure. And then the next day, you'd say, oh, the alien and I went out for supper. The second sentence is incorrect but very common. It's a very common way that English speakers um break some of the rules. So, I could say, oh, me and the alien went out for supper last night. Incorrect, grammatically incorrect. We shouldn't really say this but a lot of English speakers do, okay? Um teachers hear this quite often at school and usually we correct it. We say, no, no, the alien and I. But uh I I do this all the time. Like I might say things like um Let's see. Me and Jen are gonna go get groceries later today. That sentence is incorrect but in informal English, you would hear that quite often. Me and Jen. Let's see here. Lizianthus which is the name of a flower by the way. Good evening, sir. What kind of flowers 
do you like the most in Canada? So, a little fix there. What kind of flowers do you like the most in Canada? Thanks. If I get your response. Little fix there too. Um I they're kind of basic but I really like sunflowers and I really like marigolds. I like sunflowers because they're very happy. They they're just a happy flower and I like marigolds because Um when I was a kid, it was the only flower that my parents grew. We would get marigolds every year uh and put them in the garden. Let's see here. Mike has the next question. Uh Mike says, hi, Bob. Could you use these in example sentences? To plummet, to hasten, and to underscore. Thanks. So, when something plummets, like if if you throw something out of a plane, it would plummet to the ground. So, that's falling very rapidly without a parachute, okay? So, if you were on a bridge um and you jumped off the bridge into the water, you would plummet. You would fall really fast and I think our friend Brent from American English with this guy did that. I think he jumped off a bridge to go swimming. Um when you hasten uh something, it's not a very common word but it means to speed up. You know, if I could uh I might hasten this lesson along by trying to answer questions faster. Um, we would probably actually in English say um I'm gonna try and move a little more quickly. We're gonna move along a little more quickly but hasten means to speed up and when you underscore something, it means you emphasize it, okay? So, if I tell my class, um please sit in your assigned seat and I wanna underscore this, please do not take someone else's seat. I'm emphasizing what I'm saying. Um what was I going to say? Great. Next question. Here we go from Judith. Hi, Bob. I hope you are well. I'd like to know if it was possible to inspire Jim the Canadian to teach French. I think he also would learn a lot. So, our moderator team, it consists of Todd the Canadian, Dave the Canadian, Brad the Canadian, and Jim the Canadian. Um I'm not sure if that is something Jim would like to do. Um I would have to ask him uh but I'm not sure um any of the moderators, I'm not sure they have an interest in actually teaching English or another language on YouTube. They might have an English, sorry, they might have an interest in starting their own YouTube channels someday in which case I would tell all of you about them. Um I'm sure the mystery of what these people actually look like is uh <laughs> is something that's out there. Let's see here. Next question. Hi, Bob. Good to see you again. Could you pronounce these words? Work, woke, walk. Pronunciation of these words always confuse me. Thank you. So, every day I go to work. Um yesterday, I woke up at 7 a.m. and this morning, I went for a walk. Let me say a few sentences again. I really like going to work. I really like my job. I like going to work. Um most mornings this summer, I woke up around 7 a.m. and I like to go for a walk every day. They are very close, aren't they? Work, woke, walk. There you go. Um Russell has the next question. Hello, Bob. Tell me please how to pass uh, the IELTS exams. Well, there's a couple of things that you can do. Actually, I'm gonna recommend three things. One is, sorry, I spilled some water here for wondering what I'm doing. One is to take a practice IELTS test. I think you can buy practice tests online or you can find videos that kind of help you understand it. The second thing I would do is buy an IELTS exam preparation kit, prep kit off Amazon or another site. 
This will give you a lot of information about how the test is done. And the third thing I would do is use a website like Preply. There's a link in the description below to hire a tutor who specializes in getting people ready to take that test. If you go to Preply, you'll see you know English tutor specializes in uh, preparing students to take the IELTS or TOEFL or one of the other tests, the Cambridge assessment. So, to me, the that third recommendation is a good one. Find someone to coach you. Someone who can help you. Um hey, I do wanna say hi to the 509 people who are watching. It's always fun to uh to know that people are out there and hopefully people are learning just a little bit of English from me. Remember, this isn't a super formal class. This isn't meant to be like Bob speaks perfect English. This is an informal class where you can use it for listening practice and maybe you've been curious about a few things and hopefully I can answer that question. Uh Guhan says, please tell me where you're from guys. We are if you're talking to me, I'm from southern Ontario. I'm from the province of Ontario in Canada but I think Guhan know that knew that and I wonder if Guhan is actually asking all of you where you are from. Possibly. Uh let's see here. Ellen from Brazil says, by the way, thanks Guhan for being a member for three months. That is very, very cool. Thank you so much. Ellen says, hello, teacher Bob. Hope you're doing great. Do hassled and annoyed mean the same thing? Not really. If someone hassles me, it means they're intentionally doing something to bother me. Let's say someone left a comment on every YouTube video saying, Bob, I don't like your videos. Bob, stop making videos. Bob, I think you should quit doing this. I would say they're hassling me, okay? I would find that annoying, okay? Their action is that they are hassling me. The feeling I would have is that I would be annoyed, okay? So, that's the difference between the two. If you intentionally do something to someone that annoys them, you are hassling them. The emotion they will experience is the emotion of being annoyed. Uh let's see here. Bijan says, how old are you? Well, in the great reveal earlier this summer, I mentioned that I can no longer say that I'm in my late forties. So, I am now 50 years old. I won't tell you when my birthday is. It's sometime during the month of July or August. One of those two. It's definitely in the summer and I'm now 50. I think we might say I'm over the hill. Although, I think when you turn 40, you say you're over the hill. It's kind of an English description of age. Let's see here. Mohammed, hello, teacher Bob. What is your favorite subject? Well, my favorite thing to learn is either the French language or about computers. My favorite subject to teach is either computer class or French class. So, it's interesting how the things I like to learn are also the things I like to teach. I think that's how it goes for a lot of people. Federica, hi, Bob. You are amazing. Which are the words that Canadians say the most? Well, that's a good question, eh? We say the word a a lot. Um but I think yeah, that's a hard one. I think we say thank you a lot. I think we say I'm sorry a lot. Canadians tend to apologize. Even when a Canadian is saying something negative, they might apologize beforehand. Like they might say, I'm sorry but I don't like your haircut or I'm sorry but you have food on your face. 
So, I think I'm sorry might be one of the most common. Jack 2013, what are the best movies to learn English? So, first of all, I actually feel like TV shows are a better way to learn English than movies. The reason I think that is because with a TV show, you can see multiple episodes and you can look forward to watching the next one. So, if you watch the entire season of Friends for instance, it might keep you motivated and you might learn to understand all of the characters really well and they all have slightly different ways of speaking. But that being said, what are the best movies to learn English? Um a movie that you're interested in, a movie that you will watch from start to finish and a movie you will not be bored with. So, if you like science fiction or you like the Fast and the Furious movies, whatever genre of movie you like, that's probably the best one. Uh let's see here. Tariq says, sir, how can we improve our confidence in public speaking? Love and thanks in advance. This is a tough one because this has to do a little bit with personality as well as competence. What I mean is your personality might be such that you don't like talking a lot in public and competence means maybe your English isn't really maybe you don't think it's good enough. So, there's a couple things you can do. Build your competence. Make sure that you know a lot of English phrases. Make sure you know a little bit about how to do small talk. Make sure you're prepared to have a conversation and then the second thing related to personality is a little trickier but I think that the more you do it, the easier it will be. I always recommend this. Hire someone who you can meet via FaceTime or Zoom or uh, online somehow with Skype because if you're paying someone to have a conversation with you uh, and you can use italki or Cambly or Preply. There's a link below. Um if you hire someone, it's it's like a safe conversation. It's really, really good practice. So, consider doing that. Um Andre says, hello, Mr. Bob. I've heard that higher education is more expensive in the USA than in Canada. How was your experience in a USA university? So, of course, this was a long time ago. (laughs) This is way back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um my experience was that it would not have mattered at that time. They were about the same price. I do feel like currently, it's actually more expensive to study in the US because the dollar is not are the Canadian dollar and American dollar are quite different right now. So, in order to pay US tuition, it would be pricey. So, but overall, um yeah, I I think I'll know more in about 10 years, Andre, after all my kids go through university. But for now, I think it's pretty much uh the same price. Um Ruslan says, hello, dear teacher Bob. You are the best. My mouse always clicks thumbs up button automatically. Well, thanks, Ruslan. Thank you for the thumbs up. By the way, if any of you want to click the thumbs up, you can. You don't have to but I appreciate it when people do. Um I know there's usually like well, there's 350 thumbs up already. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. Um I usually skip when people ask me to say something in their language. I I always skip those questions. So, I'm skipping one right now. I'm always afraid that people want to trick me into saying something that maybe means something bad in their language. So, I am gonna skip that one and move on to the next one. First uh, question is from Irina. Hi, Bob. Please pronounce stole and stall. 
let me let me focus on those for a bit. You know, he stole the he stole the money. He was a criminal. He stole the money. Um at market, Jen and I have a stall. We sell our flowers from a stall or you could also say this, you know, I pushed the accelerator in the car and all of a sudden the car stalled. You know, when you have when your car stalls, it's not very nice. It means it won't go forward. It means the engine turns off. So, he stole the money. We sell flowers from our stall at market. Um Mohammed, is there any possibility for someone who is a non-native speaker to be better than a native speaker in English? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, there are people who are native English speakers that make a lot of mistakes when they're talking and who do not actually know the proper way to write really well in English. Oftentimes in school, native English speakers learn that learn to write properly and not everyone succeeds at that. Non-native speakers have an advantage in that they have a desire to know the language. They're motivated and they can definitely be more skilled at reading, writing and speaking the English language than a native speaker. The only place where a native speaker might edge them out is that they a native speaker will have a normal you know native speaker accent whereas a non-native may still have hints of their original language you know how they pronounce things but certainly uh in if I had to um like if I was in a a grammar competition me versus a non-native English teacher with formal training I'd be worried that I would lose because they might really know their stuff. Um next question from Margot. Hi, teacher Bob. How many meanings of these verbs, little fix there, do you know and actually use? To yield, to bookend, to swath. Thank you. Best wishes from Ukraine. So, we don't use the verb to swath very much, okay? Um we might say like the forest fire cut a large swath through the forest. So, we would use the noun version. Um but to swath is something they do when they harvest a crop. We don't use it very much. Um to bookend is rare. You know like I sat in the car and there I had a person on each side. I was bookended. Um but to yield we do use. When you come up to uh um when you're driving your car you might need to yield to oncoming traffic. You might need to yield to workers. Um if in olden days if two knights were fighting one might yield to the other knight and give up the fight. Um so, Singh in the chat says, hello, Bob. I just watched English with Lucy's accent video and everyone seems to love you and your accent. I think Canadians around the world, uh, we say a few words in a way that people really enjoy and so, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll just take the praise for something I say naturally but thanks for that, Singh. And for those of you that aren't aware, uh I did a collaboration video with Lucy and Rachel and then I did a second one. We did actually have two. They're over on Lucy's channel right now if you wanna watch them. Uh the second one was a lot of fun. It was fun to uh say things with my regular accent. Rocky. Wait, did I answer just one second here? Yeah, I think I think I missed a question earlier possibly. Um Rocky Mike says, hi, teacher Bob. I thought a word cooker was a word but why not? Thank you and have a great weekend. Cooker is a word and it means two things. The formal meaning of cooker, um you might have an appliance that you call a cooker, okay? Maybe you're camping and well, 
Yeah, maybe that's not true. A cooker. I'm thinking maybe of cooktop. Yeah, I'll tell you one way we do use the word cooker and it's informal and it's somewhat slang. We use it to describe a hot day. So, I'm happy to be inside because it's a real cooker out there today. Um I think that's the only way I use that word. It's informal. You probably won't find it in a dictionary. Uh and it I think it's a little bit of slang. It's a real cooker out there today. Uh 31 degrees. It's a real cooker. Um I'll answer this one but I don't use either of these words very often. So, alas is something you say like you might say something like alas he he searched for true love his whole life and never found it. It's kind of like an introduction to something that's happened. I'm gonna read you um the meaning of alas from the online dictionary. An expression of grief, pity, or concern. And then alack, let me look that up because I don't use that word. An expression of regret or dismay. So, here's what I would say, Sam. I don't use the word alas in everyday speech. I would think you need to know it in case you read it. The word alack is very rare. I I I don't think I've seen that word more than once or twice in my life. So, I wouldn't get too worried about that. Uh let's see here. Liam has the next question. Hello, Bob. Thanks for your time. I have a quick question. How to improve listening and speaking alone? So, here's this is the tricky thing, right? You can work on listening when you're by yourself and you don't have someone to practice your English with. Uh you can listen to music. You can watch YouTube videos. You can watch television shows. You can listen to podcasts. You can listen to audiobooks. By the way, that's a great thing to do. Um something I've been doing recently is I have a book where I read a chapter in French and then I listen to a chapter. It's very cool. So, listening is something you can work on by yourself. Speaking though is a little bit challenging. You can just read books out loud. You can describe what you're doing verbally. When you're walking around during the day, if you're by yourself, you can say out loud what you're doing. You can have imaginary conversations with someone but nothing really replaces finding an English speaking partner. Uh and there's two ways to do this. You find someone who wants to learn your language and you do a language exchange. That's what I do with my French speaking partner. We speak French for 30 minutes and then we speak English for 30 minutes. It works really well. Or you might have to use a website like Preply. There's a link below um to find someone and pay them to help you with English conversation. Um it's just speaking is the tricky one. You can do a lot of reading. You can do a lot of listening um with no cost but at some point you might need to find somebody. Um so this question. So here's another example of words that are not common. So I have two words for you today. Instantiation and entity. Could you use them in simple examples? Thanks. So an entity is any organism or being. Um we use this a lot in maybe like a science fiction book. Like there's a foreign there's a foreign entity. Like an alien you could call a foreign entity. Not a super common word but you should know it. Let's look it up. So, that you have a formal definition. A thing with distinct and independent existence. Okay? So, an entity. So, you could say that um you know the government is an entity. Okay? Your local government is an entity. That would work. And then the other word instantiation. 
let me make sure I look it up right. It's not a very common word. To represent by concrete instance. So, I would say first of all, I've never used that word. So, it's not super important. Uh find the dictionary definition and hopefully that helps you understand whatever you were reading or listening to where that word came up. This is lolly lolly. I think it's actually lolly lolly and she maybe made a typo but lolly lolly says bonjour Bob. Est-ce que tu utilises souvent les expressions fat chance en place Is that what I would say? No chance in Canada. Merci. Let me read that in English. Do you often use the expression fat chance instead of no chance in Canada? Thank you or merci. Um no chance fat chance. Yeah, I think younger people say fat chance. I think maybe when I was young, we said fat chance. I actually don't know if it's very common right now. I if someone said it, everyone would understand it. Um but I think ah you you have you have no chance of winning that game. You oh fat chance of you winning. Yeah. I think no chance is a little more common. But we would understand fat chance for sure, which means no chance. Oh, this is from Kania. Are fees are fees the synonym of tax? Little fix there to the question. Um fees and tax are slightly different. A fee is something that a business would charge you and I think you might have asked this yesterday in the chat during the lesson because I talked about hidden fees. So, a business might charge you a fee. When the government takes money, it's a tax, okay? So, it's a slight difference. And they do blend a little bit but but not really. I think look at it this way. You pay sales tax. You pay income tax. There are different forms of tax that you pay but when you go to the bank, you pay a fee. So, the government charges tax. The bank charges a fee. I think that's probably the best way to remember the two. Um let me do one more question uh and we will flip to Members only chat in just a sec. I do wanna say hi to the 632 people watching. If you're new here, there is a subscribe button right here. You should click it. It's free and you'll get a little notification when I put a new video out. So, Prick says, hi, sir. What is the Canadian way of education? Thanks in advance. So, students start I th- I think it's still optional. They can go to junior kindergarten at age four and senior kindergarten at age five. Grade one to grade eight is from age six to about age 12 or 13 and then high school is from age 13 or 14 to age 17 or 18. Uh so, we have uh basically kindergarten which is two years. Uh grade school we call it or elementary school which is eight years. And then high school which is four years. In some parts of Canada, they have elementary school, middle school and high school. In Ontario, we generally just have elementary school or grade school and high school. Uh give me a moment here to find the button that I push in order to do this. So, we are moving into members only mode. So, if you're if you're wondering what members only mode is, members are the people in the chat um who have decided to click the join button below. Um they are people who support me. They are people who support the work I do to create videos on this channel. One of the rewards that they get is their name is in green over there in the chat wherever it is. They get an 
nice crown. This is my action for crown. They get a nice crown beside their name and for 10 minutes during every live lesson, um, they can ask questions directly in the chat. They also get an extra video on Wednesdays and by the way, for all of you members who maybe didn't see Wednesday's video, the notification didn't go out. So, I know only about 10 or 15 people watched it and usually a lot more watch it. So, you have to go find it somewhere. Uh looks like Lolly Lolly and Julia oh, oh wait are Lolly looks like Lolly Lolly and Mode Eggs are chatting. Julia Olise has the first question. Hi dear teacher. So, I am now looking at the chat for questions. Hi dear teacher. My question is about Oscar. How is he doing now? Does he still smell? Um have how he accepted not being allowed to go inside. So, what happened? I don't think I have this slide readily available. Let's find it really quick. Um So, Oscar got sprayed by a skunk. A skunk is a very, very um an animal that sprays a very, very smelly scent if it feels threatened uh and Oscar got sprayed by a skunk. He still smells a little bit, Julia, but it's finally going away a little bit. Guhan, what is the difference between constitutional and coincidence? When something's constitutional in Canada, it's written in our constitution. So, it's like a very, very old formal law. When something's a coincidence, it just means it happens at the same time. If I was to um talk to my sister and say, okay, uh I need to get going. I need to go to the store and if I saw my sister at the store 10 minutes later, I would say, oh, what a coincidence. I was just talking to you. Um Raj, hi, English buff. Good to see you back again. I wanted to know if these two words mean very close. Crooked and circuitous. Circuitous. See, I don't even know how to pronounce the second one. Circuitous. Circuitous. I don't use the second word obviously. I don't actually know. When something's crooked, it's bent and not straight. So, if you have a street that's crooked um and then let me figure out. Let me just get this word for a sec and find the actual pronunciation. I don't wanna teach you something wrong. Uh let me see. Meaning of Circuitous. Yes. So, I have heard the word before. I obviously don't use it. Um it means that you have to go a very long way around something. Okay. So, there is a slight difference definitely between those two. I like that's I like being stumped sometimes. Um Madi said, oh, hi, Madi. Madi says, hello, Bob. There's no question. I'm just enjoying while I'm driving. Good good to hear from you, Madi. Hopefully, you are having a good day. Maria C. Hi, Bob. How are you today? I was wondering if it is correct to say that a team in any sport won against another team or maybe it is correct but it's not so common. Thanks. Yes. So, yeah, I would say it this way. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs played against the Montreal Canadiens and they won. I could say they won against the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, you could definitely say that. Yeah. Who won? Oh, um, they won against the first team they played and then they won against the second team as well. So, it does definitely work. Betty Liu. Hi, genius teacher Bob. Would you mind pronounce program, interact, inseparable, maintain, undoubtedly, really slowly, thank you a lot. So, program, interact, inseparable, maintain, and undoubtedly, and circuitous. (laughs) There you go. Mode eggs. Hi, Mr. Bob. I forgot to ask you yesterday about pop-up quizzes. Um, what's 
what's your take on that as a teacher and when you were a student as well? So, a, we call them a pop quiz. A pop quiz is a quiz a teacher gives without having told the students. I do sometimes give them but I don't record the grade in my grade book. So, I might say to my students, we're having a pop quiz today, okay? So, they didn't know um and then they write the quiz and then we grade it. I tell them their score but it does not get recorded. It's kind of a way to practice what people know. Lolly lolly, yes. Um Ricardo, hello teacher Bob, how are you? Here in Brazil, we are across a series of wildfires. It's happening in Canada nowadays. Yes, we have had a lot of wildfires in Canada in the province of British Columbia and in northern Ontario, the province I live in. In British Columbia, the fires are close to where people live. In northern Ontario, there are people there but not quite as many. Um so, it is still a problem right now. Um Guhan says, thanks for explaining the meaning, Mr. Bob. No problem. Modags, I really want that crown, Mr. Bob. <laughs> You'll get it. Julia, we don't have skunks here. Yeah, skunk. I saw another one this morning. I was leaving to go buy some fuel for my tractor early this morning and there was a skunk across the road. I hope it's not on our farm now. Uh Oski says, hi, Bob. You are the best. Thank you very much. I wonder what why is used I do believe instead of believe? I have seen many questions like that. Yes, I do believe that you've seen a lot of questions like that. We add the word do to emphasize, okay? So, if I say I do believe that it's going to rain today, it's the same as saying I believe it's going to rain but I'm emphasizing it a bit. I'm saying it very strongly, okay? Um so, you yes, you will hear it. They mean the same thing. Uh, I do think I'm going to eat a big sandwich after this live stream because I'm really hungry. Maria C. Today, I have to leave earlier in some minutes so I will watch the rest of the live stream on replay. Have a nice weekend, Bob. You too, Maria C. Thanks for popping in for a bit and I hope you enjoy whatever you're doing later today. Um let's see here. Guhan, can Mr. Bob rate out of 10 for the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau? I would give him an eight or nine out of 10. Um Some people think he's made some mistakes but you know, I think it's a hard time to be a leader in the world the last year. Um whether he gets in again, I'm not sure. We'll see. Um Julia, sound department works well. Good. Um let's see here. I'm just gonna say Mickey. Oh, philosopho Mickey. Is that the philosopher Mickey? Hey, Bob. I love watching movies in English and I kind of get confused when people say turn out. Is it similar to end up? Is that okay to give us an example? Thanks in advance. So, sometimes when you watch a movie, you aren't sure how things will turn out. You aren't sure how things will end up. So, in that situation, it does mean the same thing. When you come to my live streams, um you hope that it turns out to be a good live lesson. You hope that uh when you go and do something fun, you hope that things turn out well. Um it simply means end up. Yes, definitely. Rod says, do you like the weather as it is today? Have a great weekend, sir. Well, you know, I could have done this live lesson outside. The it, the wind has died down. I don't think we're going to have a freak storm but who knows? We got 25 minutes left. So, but it's really hot, Rod. Um it's kind of funny. So, it's really hot, Rod. So, I pause between the word hot and rod because in English, a hot rod is like a car where they've, you know, 
made it so it goes, it can go really fast. They put big tires on it and a big engine. You call it a hot rod. But yes, it's really hot rod outside today. Modags, great question, Maria C. A team plays against another team or a team plays another team. I notice Brent says the latter more. You can say both. Yes. They're gonna play another team or they're gonna play against another team. Maria C, last one. Can you pronounce the word literally? I can literally pronounce the word literally. I can't, I can't even really imagine how that word is being formed. That's a hard word. Literally. Literally. My tongue goes all over the place. Literally. Literally. That's the fast way of saying it. Um, Mirage. How to say if somebody beat around the bush instead of giving a straight answer? We would say that they wouldn't give a clear answer or they were being evasive or they were beating around the bush. We would use that phrase for sure. Maria C. Modags, I had that doubt since the Cup America and the Euro Cup took place because I repeated that phrase a lot. Yes. So, England's gonna play against Denmark later today. England's gonna play Denmark today. Yeah, you can say against or you can leave it out. They're gonna play against Denmark. They're gonna play Denmark. By the way, that's not true. That's just an example sentence. Uh, let's see here. Guan says, pronouns literally not how Mr. Bob, oh, I pronounced literally, literally, not how Mr. Bob pronounces it. Literally, literally. I feel like I've said the word too many times now. Um, hey, let me check my time here. Let's go back to questions and let me turn off members only mode. While I'm doing that, let me thank all of you. Not sure if I short changed you a bit today. I think that was about 10 minutes but we'll go back to subscriber only mode and I will get back to the questions over here. By the way, if you are interested in knowing more about what being a member is, there is a join button below somewhere. There's a join button somewhere. If you click it, you will get an explanation of what being a member of my channel means. Sifat says, should I learn the direct translation from my own language or should I learn the definition of the word in English? So, here's what I suggest. Translating in your head is useful but it can be a bad habit after a certain point in your progress. Initially, you have to translate in your head when you're learning a language but I highly recommend this. When learning words, if you can learn the word and if you can draw a picture so that the picture gives you the meaning, that will help you know the word just in English and stop translating. So, yes, at first you do have to translate in your head a little bit but you should try at some point to not do that. Joey says, what does he was grandstanding mean? It means he was showing off. It means that he was doing something so that other people would look at him and appreciate him. Let's look up a formal definition of that one. Let's see here. Meaning of grandstanding. Um, The action of behaving in a showy or ostentatious manner. There's a big word for you. In an attempt to attract favorable attention from spectators or the media. So, when you're grandstanding, like let's say you were riding your bike up and down the street and instead of just pedaling, you were standing on the seat and riding, standing up on the, you, we would say that you were grandstanding, showing off in a way. Um, 
I'm gonna skip the next question because it involves, it's a question about firearms. So, I'm gonna skip that one. I try to keep the content on my uh, lessons and live streams um family safe and classroom safe. So, if people ever want to use them in the classroom. Um Christian Mercedes said, oh, Pashazu has given me a super chat and says, hi, Tom. Maybe Bob. Hi. Is it okay to say something like, when I see this couple walking together, I just start getting spasms of laughter or a native English speaker would use another verb instead of get. We would probably say, when I see this couple walking together, I just start laughing. We probably wouldn't use spasms of laughter. It's Spasms isn't a word we use with laughter all the time but if I was to say it, I would say when I see this couple walking together, I just start laughing or I just start giggling or I just start laughing inside, okay? By the way, it is kind of a mean thing to say if you say when I see that couple, I just start laughing but hopefully, Pajhazu, that answers your question. Christian Mercedes says, hi, Bob. Mechanic English would be great. Thanks. So, I've done one vehicle one vehicle English lesson where I showed the parts of my van and I really wanna do a video called let's learn English at the garage but because of COVID, I haven't been able to go to a garage to do it but Christian, I will try to do a video like that at some point. Um Ario says, hola, Mr. Bob. How are you? Have you ever heard about France culture? Please explain to me if you could. I love Japanese culture and the country. Thank you. I'm probably not the best person to explain French culture except to say this. I really like the country of France. If I ever went and lived in France, I think I would thoroughly enjoy living there. I think because my grandparents came from Holland which is a European country to the north of France past Belgium. I think inside me, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of a European person who wants to live in a small European town and I would certainly love to live somewhere in France. Maybe I'll do that when I'm older. Maybe I'll live for a few months in France every year and then come back to Canada. We'll see. Hey, I do wanna say hi to the 668 people watching. If you're new here, don't forget to click that red subscribe button and you'll get notified when new lessons come out. Uh mode says, I'll type my question in French so you can feel like you're still on a break. Est-ce qu'il y a une différence entre relation et oh, oh sorry, those words are English. Est-ce qu'il y a une différence entre relation and relationship? Merci, bon retour parmi nous. So, relation and relationship. So, you would say, what is your relation to that person? Oh, it's my uncle. If you have a relationship with someone, it usually doesn't mean they're part of your family, okay? So, when you date someone, you have a relationship. If you work for a company or if you do business with a company, you have a relationship with that company. Not a, like the first relationship is romantic. The second is just that you know each other. Um but when you talk about something in relation to something else, it's a slightly different form of the word. Um I think you'll need to look them up mode to get a better description of the differences there. Um I think my explanation made some sense but I don't think it goes far enough. Sala, why can I understand what I hear but I can't talk? So, a little fix there. Why can I understand what I hear but I can't talk? Well, that's probably a good thing 
in the sense that you've progressed to the point where you understand English really well. So, you've had lots of good input and now speaking is simply something you have to start practicing. You have to dedicate time to practice uh the actual art of speaking English. So, you need to have conversations. You need to find a speaking partner and you need to do it regularly. Everything that you've learned in terms of um understanding English will slowly start to come out as you practice your speaking. Uh let's see here. Ezem. Hi, Mr. Bob. How are you? I'm good, Ezem. I hope you are too. I can understand movies or TV shows. I'm gonna pluralize those. I would say 95% without subtitles but I'm still struggling with my speaking. What's your suggestion? The same as what I just said. So, two questions in a row. What a coincidence. We can use the word coincidence there. Um it's cool that you can understand so much. Now, it's time to just start practicing a little bit, okay? So, you need to take all of that input and you need to start dedicating time to speaking regularly with a speaking partner if you can. Mode Eggs Super Chat says, an unexpected thank you note from me. Well, thanks, Mode Eggs. That is awesome of you. Thank you very, very much. Um let's see here. Next question is from Katerina. Nice sunny Saturday. Yes, I didn't hook up my uh road cam or river cam. So, I can't show you but uh Oscar's literally outside laying in the sun. It is getting windy. So, it might be good that we're inside. Uh from Katerina. Dear teacher Bob, tell me how many vowel sounds in English? Five or six with Y, yogurt or yogurt. Thank you. Um oh, it's a yogurt. Sorry. Um so, a yogurt is where Y is a consonant but when you say things like yeah, I'm I'm gonna say like the word today. It kind of plays the role more of a vowel. Yeah, I don't know how many sounds there are but I can tell you this. Before I do the live lessons, I do some voice um warm up uh that I learned from a YouTube video from a singer and I make I basically if Maybe I should just make make the sounds. I I make a low O like O O O and then I go O O O and then I go E E E E E E and then I go ah 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 ah. But you have to realize as much as there's really just five vowels, some of those vowels have different sounds, right? Like the E can be a uh or an E. The A can be an ah or an A. So, I'll have to look that one up. Um and maybe I should record my vocal warm-ups. I'm trying to make sure my voice works for a really long time which is why I sip quite a bit of water and uh I do a few warm-ups now before I do the live stream. Um have you ever talked for an hour straight? It's it's a long time actually. Um let me see. Did I answer everything there? Probably not but let's move on. Ahmed. Hi, Mr. Bob. Do you like rap songs? If yeah, can you sing something now? No, I can't. Um I do like rap songs. Uh in particular, I like Big Flo and Ollie. Not totally rap, more hip hop. They're a French duo. Um and uh yeah, I I like Eminem. I think I do. I like rap but I don't usually sing along because the words are usually so fast. It's very difficult uh to do that. It's challenging to sing that quickly. Um Hui says, what is the difference between isolated and remote? So, 
Yeah. So when you talk about like an island, you could say he lives on an isolated island out in the ocean. He lives in on a remote island. In that situation, they mean, mean the same thing. But isolated can also mean, you know, by yourself. You know, he's isolated from the rest of his family or he's isolated himself from society or he's living in isolation. Um, whereas remote just means like out in the wilderness. Like the cabin is very remote or we're going to go camping and the campsite is very remote. By the way, uh, this is also a remote just so you know. It's a remote control for my light. So, remote can have more. I guess that turns the light off. Uh, remote can have more than one meaning. Uh, let's see here. Muhammad says, what is the meaning of add up and include? So, I'll talk about these in terms of shopping. When you're done shopping, the cashier will add up your total with a cash register. So, they will you know, they'll beep everything through or they'll look at the price tag and punch it in and they will add it up. They'll add up and they'll tell you your total is $11. Um when you include something, it means it comes with it. Sometimes you buy things and it says does not include batteries or it might say includes batteries. So, if it does not include batteries, you would need to buy batteries separately. Let's see here. What is the difference between word by word and word for word? So, if I read something word by word, um I'm reading every single word. It's a less common phrase. Um you know but sometimes um if I'm learning something, I'll read it word by word. I'll say each word individually. Um when you say word for word though, it means that it's an exact copy. So, the subtitles on my Tuesday videos are word for word subtitles. It means they are identical. The writing is identical to what I'm saying. They match perfectly word for word. Like if you copy something word for word, it means you're copying it perfectly. Um Ion. A-N. Hello, Bob. There's a few different A vowel sounds there. Did you see that? Hello, Bob. What will I say? Want to match the outfit with the backdrop or to the backdrop? You can say both. Sorry for the prepositions in English. Right now, this outfit kind of matches the backdrop. I didn't wear this to match with the backdrop. I didn't wear this to match to the backdrop. Um but with would probably be a little more common. Yes. I wore an outfit because I wanted to match with the backdrop. I wore an outfit because I wanted to match to the backdrop. I would say with is probably more common and probably more correct as well. Sometimes I it's hard for me to know what's informal and what's correct. So, uh Flavio super chat or Flavio has become a member of the channel. Thanks, Flavio. Um thank you for joining this uh live stream and thank you for becoming a member. That's awesome of you. Um Betty from her cozy room says, hi, kindest teacher Bob. My question is kind of weird. How can I pronounce every single word in English clear and right? Is there any technique for it? You're the best. So, no and it's tricky because some English words have two pronunciations. Some words look similar and have different pronunciations. Um so, it's hard to say there's a specific rule. The best thing for learning how to pronounce every word is to do a lot of listening 
and to shadow what's being said. That to me is the best technique. Listen to a YouTube video, hit pause and then say out loud exactly what you just heard said in the video. Um next question from Yelly. Just a very random question, sir Bob. I've been listening to Marianas Trench for more than a year now. They're a Canadian band. Do you listen to their songs too? So, I'm not familiar. I'm familiar with the band um but I'm not off the top of my head. I can't think of one of their songs. So, I'm going to the uh, Wikipedia page right now. Um wait. I looked up the actual Marianas Trench. I want the band. One sec. There we go. They're a Canadian pop rock band from Vancouver, British Columbia formed in 1999. Let me just really quickly find their most popular song. I know how to do that. Let's see here. Say Anything looks like their most popular song in Canada and that was from 2006. So, I don't currently listen to them but it looks to me like there's about four or five songs that if I heard them I would recognize the song. I might not know that they were the band that sings it but very cool. I'm glad to hear you're listening to a band from Canada and I hope it's helping you learn English. Andy Zett says, when I talk, I often get confused when choosing the words. What should I do to fix it? So, a few fixes there in the question. When I talk, I often get confused when choosing the words. I might have fixed it differently that time. What should I do to fix it? Regular um conversation will help you especially if you're talking to someone who who corrects you in a nice way. So, you need to find a partner who you can talk to regularly who will help correct the things that you say wrong in a way that makes you that where you don't lose confidence where you appreciate it. Julia, quel âge as-tu? Quel âge avez-vous? How old are you? I am 50 years old. Can you tell? Look at my beard and then my the sides of my head are starting to look gray. In fact, um if you go back and watch my earliest videos from four almost five years ago. I don't think I'm gray here in those videos back when I was in my late forties but Julia, uh j'ai 50 ans. I am 50 years old maintenant right now. Uh let's see here. Derek. Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for helping me out in learning English on a daily basis. My question to you is Is there any difference between burping and belching? No, there might be a size or volume difference but a burp, you know, if you drink something that's carbonated like soda or pop, you burp. Um a belch is a bigger burp. That would be my definition. Um so, it's when you have um you've drunk something fizzy and then you will uh you will burp and if it's a really long loud one, Uh, we would say it's a belch. Let me just look that up for a sec. Burp. Noisily released air from the stomach through the mouth particularly after drinking something carbonated. Then, let's look up belch. Belch. To emit gas noisily from the stomach through the mouth usually much louder and longer than a burp. There we go. So, um now you know. Um So, Gia Como from Ecuador. Hi, Mr. Bob. What is the minimum English level to go to live and work in Canada? Uh, As far as I know, there's no requirement that you speak perfect English in order to immigrate to Canada. 
And I think once you arrive, there are a lot of free programs to help you learn English. I think it's an advantage if you want to move to Canada if you already speak French. We have two official languages. I think if you speak French, you might find it easier to immigrate um, to Canada because the province of Quebec is always looking for French speakers to move to their province. Um, But as far as I know, um, but here do this, just search um, requirements for immigrating to Canada uh, and you will probably find a language uh, requirement. Uh, last question. Here we go. SM Hasnat says, hi, my dear teacher Bob. How to improve my accent like a native English speaker? So, first of all, don't worry too much about sounding like a native English speaker. Just worry about getting your accent softened to the point where people can understand you and you are comfortable with it. One way though that you can do this is to listen to English speakers and to repeat what they're saying. So, it's called shadowing. It's a great technique. Um so, listen to a little bit of a song and then sing that part out loud. Listen to a little bit of a YouTube video and hit pause and say those words out loud. It's even better if you can listen and then record yourself saying those words and then listen to yourself saying them. That can be quite helpful as well. But use any or all of those techniques and I think that will help you a lot. Hey folks, I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh I want to say thank you to all of you for being here. I want to say thank you uh in particular to Dave and Todd for moderating. Thanks to Rod, the Brazilian English teacher for hanging out. Um by the way, Rod does have a YouTube channel. You should go check it out. He's got some cool videos there. Uh and I do wanna say bye to a few people. So, I'll say bye to Wanda, to Mode Eggs, to Julia. I know Vito is here. I know Ario is here. Judith is here. Eduardo is here. Let me scroll back. Uh Aurelie is here. I think I said bye to Vito already but I'll say bye again. Uh let me keep scrolling back. Gorav is here. Um bye to, I think I'm repeating myself. Bye to Olga. Bye to Flavio. Bye to everyone who has watched this live stream. Bye to Israel. Um uh, let me go back a little further. I think that's about it. I think I'm gonna say that's enough goodbyes for now. Bye to Mirage. Bye to Madi who is here as well. Bye to Guhan. Um have a very very good day. It was a lot of fun to do this inside. I must admit I wish we had done it outside a little bit but a lot of me is just happy to be in the house because it's air conditioned and I have a fan blowing on me. You can't see it. So, I have been quite comfortable during this live stream. Um and it is quite windy outside and the cicadas are very very loud right now. Anyways, Bye everybody. Have a great day. Remember, there will be a short version of yesterday's lesson. Let me pull that up for a sec. Uh the lesson on unexpected things will be re-released in a shorter version tomorrow. So, look for that. Um and then I will have a new video ready for you on Tuesday of this week. So, I hope you enjoy that. Anyways, thanks for watching. Thanks to everyone who is a member. Thanks to everyone who is a subscriber. I will see you uh next week Friday with another uh live English lesson. Join me then if you want. Bye. I should click the button, should I? Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.